0: Wake up, wake up, 49ers fans. The week you've been waiting for all year. The week you've been waiting for since 2019. Let's be totally honest. It's finally here. Welcome, Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger. Larry, not that you need a passport, but bring all forms of identifications, including dental records. We're going to Vegas, baby. We might have to identify a couple bodies.
1: To Vegas! Oh, what a great week. This is going to be you, me, my son, hanging in Vegas, all kinds of media, all kinds of parties, all kinds of Niners, all kinds of Chiefs. Um, We're off and running today. And uh, as you'll hear throughout the week, I've got two sponsors, Damon, that are sponsoring this entire week from Las Vegas And so let me just shout them out right here. Sharp Corner Sports Cards and Collectibles located at 205 Cypress Avenue in Monterey on Pacific Grove, California in Monterey Peninsula. Give Anthony Catania a call at 831-521-5264. And also ValleyHillRoofing.net. Give them a call, 209-481-6851 for all your roofing needs. They're a Go Green contractor. And the websites are linked in the description, so check them out. And thank you to them for sponsoring the Krug Show Sponsors and the a good thing. And, and the in uh, the road trip to Vegas.
0: Sponsors are a good thing. Welcome aboard, indeed. Uh, you have chosen wisely. An awful lot of impressions will be coming your way. V- uh, Vegas is just going to be. Ripe with content, Larry, to say that I'm excited to go talk to several media members is one thing. I'm actually just as excited to, you know, set up shop on the street and talk to fans and see where people have come in from for this Super Bowl. Obviously, the prices are exorbitant. There are going to be a lot of, let's just call them Super Bowl travelers who have zero intention of making it to any game or necessarily any party. But they're just going for the week, for the event that is the nation's eyes turning to Las Vegas for Super Bowl week. Obviously, all the networks are getting ready. Radio Row is getting ready. You and I are getting ready. Our schedules are filling up. Sponsorships are filling up. So it's a very, very fun time for all involved indeed. Now, one of the big stories leading into this final week and ramp up to the Super Bowl is the story that Kyle Shanahan was flirting with Tom Brady. This kind of rippled through the headlines without much effect Oh, about a week, week and a half ago, Larry, Peter King finally got Kyle talking about it on one of his, I'm riding to work with the coach interviews that he does. And Kyle Shanahan said, yeah, I was serious about it. As we talked, I'm looking at Brock. He's got his arm in a sling, and I'm really not sure I've got a quarterback who's going to be ready for the start of the 2023 season. And that's what started all of this. So, I mean, I can't help but notice that in all of that, there was no consideration of like, well, Trey Lance is maybe the fallback position that was just done in Kyle's mind already at that point. Um, He's trying to soft land it. You know, he even said, Hey Brock, how great would it be? If you're not ready to go, you get an apprenticeship for one year after Tom Brady, you know, you're our guy long-term, but one year Brady kind of cool. Look, I understand it's a sexy story. I understand it sort of feels like maybe there's an element of distrust in Brock or anything like that. I don't think there's really much there there to this, Larry. I really don't. If you have an injured quarterback and Tom Brady might play one more year, that's a phone call you got to make. If you're a team with an aspiration and a question at QB, right?
1: No doubt. No doubt. Um, It was a unique situation, right? You know, you had a quarterback you liked, a quarterback you didn't believe in and you had Tom Brady sitting there. So um I I don't I, I don't doubt that there's obviously credence to it, and I don't doubt that the 49ers had interest and it, it made sense because I kind of got the feeling, and I don't know if you got this feeling coming out of Philly last year that, you know, quarterback issues, Damon, were not going to be an acceptable excuse for why this thing went off the rails this year. And I think Jed may have expressed that to John and to to Kyle that, hey, you know what, you know do whatever you need to do and tell me what check i need to cut and you know this and that because let's not have another year that's derailed by the quarterback so they knew they liked brock they knew they didn't trust Trey. uh they knew brock's health was very much in question and you know tom brady was like the ultimate um the ultimate uh, safety net and then and then you know it wound up being sam darnold instead and and of course the the you know the the whole story got reversed once Brock proved his health and and got on the field right away and and in a lot of ways they may have dodged a bullet because let's be honest Tom Brady would have been what 46 or 47 this year and he didn't look good in his final year and um I really highly doubt they could have done it this year with Brady I mean not to doubt the great Brady but you know uh, father time w- uh, wins all
2: battles
0: So I think that there would have been an element to, all right, this is a a bit disrespectful to Brock, or maybe it is sort of an admission of truth that although you believed in him, you didn't really believe in him. And there are some people who are going to pick up that baton and run with it. I don't even think it's really there. Larry, the key to this whole thing is the injury, is Brock's surgery. And with the surgery, I think that that just takes any timeline and it puts a question mark next to it. And when you have a question mark next to a timeline, that means you really don't know anything about it. And what you do know is Tom Brady might be available. So I don't think that there's any any you know, a subversion here or disrespect to Brock or underestimating Brock on the 49ers part at all. Like you said, I think they got to the NFC Championship game and said, well, we can't be in this situation and run out of quarterbacks again. Like that's a resource you can't run out of. At this level of competition, it's like being in the Indianapolis 500 without gasoline. Like you can't run out of that. And I, I just look—it's—it's it's a quarterback controversy the week before the Super Bowl, but it's really not. But that's how it's being picked up and sold. And I saw that Pro Football Talk tried to make a big deal, like a ooh, ooh, someone in the media was finally brave enough to ask Kyle about this, and Kyle wanted to talk about it, and finally clear the air like come on (laughs) it's not that big of a deal it really isn't
1: well but but here's the thing damon and you know it because you've been in the biz a while um tom brady you know football's national and uh you know tom brady's a national name and people can relate and that will be you know you got all these media people congregating in vegas they need a super bowl monday talking point and Peter King provided one that that their audience can understand and relate to but the bottom line is Tom Brady in 2022 was 45 years old and you know they went eight and nine Uh it wasn't an awesome year for him he had 25 touchdowns and nine picks the year before that he had he had had 43 touchdowns his numbers had dropped dramatically Uh, His touchdown percentage had dropped dramatically, and he wasn't the same player. Which is, I think, a big impetus for him to actually pull the ripcord on his career and finally retire uh, after 23 seasons in the NFL. So, but I do understand why this is being bandied about today because if you're talking Super Bowl in Tampa, you know, I don't know, uh, or or New York or Boston or one of these places, it's like. Can you, can you really get your audience fired up on the Monday about Purdy versus Mahomes? Probably not. That's a slow build. But, um, man, there's a story involving the 49ers and Tom Brady. Right. And, oh, yeah, that's totally, you know, relatable. And we all have opinions on Brady and we all know his narrative. and You know what I mean? So, I, it, to me, it's almost like a ready-made Monday Super Bowl national report. Did you read the article, it was either from last Super Bowl or
0: the one before that, where I think it was Brian Curtis on The Ringer, or it might have been Kevin Clark when he was with The Ringer, but somebody wrote the opus of how Media Row works and basically broke down into the author realizing that he's more of a Wednesday Super Bowl week guest than he is a Friday Super Bowl week guest. And is the deeper you get into the week, the bigger the guests become, crescendoing with the biggest celebrity showing up on Radio Row Thursday and Friday. And, you know, are, are, may, maybe you're a Monday guest, which means none of this is important yet. You know, the, the least of celebrities are walking around the row on a Monday. And it was a very, very... How about this? It was a good column. I think if you read it as just a person who is just reading a sports article, if you worked in the industry like us, the thing read like the gospel and the truth, like it was, that's exactly how Radio Row works. And you're picking guests and you're thinking, all right, this guest really fits today's show, but Tomorrow, we're definitely looking for a bigger brand of guest. By Wednesday, every single host on Radio Row will have turned to their producer and said, "All right, it's time to get serious now. We're not doing any interviews with the po- with the Poo-Pourri girl or the you know the, the 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 dude with the sandwich or anything like that." There's you know we're we're now talking Super Bowl and what's going to happen. And you're right, Larry. This is a perfect Monday Super Bowl story. It's an easy entry point. It's the bunny slope of talking Super Bowl, and it's the perfect Peter. Look at it this way. Peter King is a rascally rabbit. He knows exactly what he's doing. He might have had this story on Wednesday of last week. He knew it was a perfect Monday Super Bowl story, and he saved it for it.
1: Yep. No, this is a guy who's done it before. Uh, Jay says, uh, good one from Jay here. He says, Larry is a Friday guest for sure. (laughs) I was was thinking, Larry, of what
0: we are. I I was really thinking, and let's be completely honest. Neither one of us is opening a movie, nor does either of us have a network show that we're promoting. We're not Friday guests, but because we know the Niners and this game, we're Thursday guests. I think
1: think we're we're Friday guests. I'll say we're Friday guests. We're Friday guests because... Fridays when they're like, all right, guys, enough of the, enough of the, uh, you know, the Zales jewelers, former, you know, enough of Marcus Allen and Leonard Marshall digging
0: around, talk about the the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. Not, you know, get Derek Brooks off of there and let's get somebody in there. Who's going to talk about this matchup in some great detail. And that's where we pop in, or at least that's where I pop in. That's, that's my expertise is to actually talk about the matchup, So I think I'm probably a a Friday, a Friday. I'm a Friday guest for when we get down to the nuts and bolts of Niners Chiefs.
0: The only thing I can tell you is we all wish we were Friday. We we all want to be Friday guests. Maybe you're more of a Friday guest in your own mind. Maybe Wednesday is better for you, Larry. We'll find out, right? We'll see how many shows are booking each of us come Friday. I do know this. We're booked on uh, KPI. We, We are due. At the Bellagio Fountain at like break of dawn on Friday morning to hop on with uh, Gianna Franco and Nicole Zalumis on the channel that will be hosting the Super Bowl here in the Bay Area. They have already requested an appearance from us. That wake up that Friday will be coming from an undisclosed penthouse overlooking the Bellagio Fountain, where you and I are going to be doing Friday's wake up, and we're going to be uh, announcing some plans for wake up during this Super Bowl week that we're both very excited about. Uh, I know that uh, Lamont and Tanelli think I'm more of a Thursday guest. Thursday morning radio row, I'm going on with Lamont and Tanelli. I'll be doing a few other things on Radio Row. Uh, let's see. VEASAN has got me booked for a Thursday evening, about a half an hour with them. So that's, I think a good time for you, me and Kev to work it on over to circa hit up stadium swim for maybe a bit, even if it's not, even if we're not doing anything there, you got to see it. It's like, if if you're, if you can invent a place to hang out an afternoon, In Las Vegas, oh, stadium swim is something else. It really is. Um, So we got an awful lot of stuff coming up, Larry. We're so looking forward to it. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Like and subscribe on your way in so you don't have to forget about it if you make your way out. So uh, welcome to Wake Up Here, Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger. And look, man, you know, nothing's ever simple, right? Nothing in football is ever simple. Nothing's ever easy, but I really think that the, the the recipe to beating the Kansas City Chiefs, it's certainly, it's a lot easier to say than do. But Larry, Larry, I don't see how this team wins. I really don't. I don't see how the Kansas City Chiefs beat the 49ers without either a monster performance from Travis Kelsey or the type of defensive evening that leaves Kyle Shanahan humiliated. Like you, you reached the Super Bowl and you only scored 13 points. Like Kansas City's defense either comes out with a pocket full of kryptonite that makes everybody go, holy mackerel, or Travis Kelsey has a monster afternoon. And I, don't, I really don't see the path to victory for the Chiefs without one of those two things happening. Other things can happen and they can still get into the win column. But one of those two things is happening for the Chiefs to win this game. Travis Kelsey goes MVP of the game level bonkers. And that means Mahomes played well, obviously, or Kansas City's defense has a straight up. Nobody expected that Steve Spagnuolo is a goddamn genius who deserves a bust in the Pro Football Hall of Fame someday as a defensive coordinator level defensive effort. That's how the Chiefs are going to win this game. I can think of about 30 different ways the 49ers might be able to win this game. I feel like the Chiefs got two paths, basically.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I, I watched, um, I spent last night watching Chiefs Ravens. And, you know, the one thing about it, Damon, is that Kansas City used to be, they have everything, right? They've got, you know, all kinds of different weapons. And they're they, they came out with a very high percentage short passing game. Just little releases off the line of scrimmage to Kelsey, little tosses in the flat to, to Pacheco, No taking no chances, giving um, Baltimore no chances to go after Mahomes. Very, very conservative. Um, and they also went big personnel against Buffalo where they put three tight ends on the field and just pounded the run. And the way the Niners did not defend the run in the playoff games before, um, I think there's a very good chance that they see the same kind of thing, which is high percentage stuff underneath, real close to the line of scrimmage, you know, dink and dunk, um, Isaiah Pacheco, third down, Mahomes runs. The Here's the thing. Kansas City has eight straight. Um, they've scored eight straight off first offensive possessions. So that's, you know, they score, they score early and they're looking for Kelsey in the red zone and they want a short passing game um, and they come out and they just want zero negative plays. I mean, that's really it. They, they want zero negative plays and then they have some guys on defense that can really make plays. So it's a it's it's a um you know it's a really really good football team and they're very conservative and then their defense has only allowed 7 points per game in the playoffs so 7 points allowed per game in the playoffs in the second half so their defense shuts shuts it down and then they're leaning on Mahomes to convert third downs with his legs And they're running Pacheco uh, behind a good interior offensive line, and they're just dumping it short, real short. I mean, just Kelsey on a two-yard pop, you know, Rasheed Rice on a three-yard pop, and so that's kind of what they're. I think that what they're going to do, they're they're going to come out. Said Patrick Mahomes, "Dink and dunk quarterback." Larry, yeah, no, I mean, we all know he's got big skills, but he doesn't have big weapons, and they've dialed down their offense. And basically, they just are going to come out and they're going to say, look, we're not going to take any chances. We're going to have zero negative plays. We're going to let you make negative plays. And then we've got defensive playmakers. Now, they don't have Charles Menahue, but they do have Chris Jones. They do have Carl Loftus. They do have Trent McDuffie. They do have LeJarius Sneed. All of their guys. Made big plays well, and in Justin this game. Reed
0: is, Justin Reed. Justin is Reed. He's a Stanford guy. For those of you who remember that name from when he was down on the farm, um, he's. A, you know, you want you want a smart safety, and they've got one. Um, it makes that 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 secondary of Kansas City with Snead and McDuffie. A lot more dangerous than their numbers actually look, Larry. They don't turn the ball over an awful lot, but they do a great job straight up defending their guys. The defensive line absolutely got its push in Buffalo and in Baltimore. You can expect them to be better than advertised, probably in the Super Bowl as well. Um, It's going to be a hell of a matchup. It really is. But I do think that the 49ers just, when it comes to what can your offense do, as opposed to what can the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs do with the, you know, the the best race car driver out there is Patrick Mahomes. But I do think the better race car is the San Francisco 49ers. So can a driver's instincts beat the better machine is kind of the race that these two teams are running against each other in the Super Bowl. I think an early indicator Larry is to you're just going to know whether or not this 49ers team is in this game this afternoon, first couple of drives. I mean just are plays coming easy? Is the running game popping? Is McCaffrey falling forward for not just a couple yard gain, but like a 7 yard gain? Is it is it coming naturally to the Niners? Does it look in rhythm early? If it does, I think that they can outscore the Chiefs in this game and end up winning it.
1: I, I, I agree. I do agree. I mean, I think the Fort ers have to um, you know, I mean, get a lead and you know, play from a lead. I mean, that's the that's the big big one, I think, is that don't play from behind against Kansas City. Get a lead. I think they need um, the ball first, Larry. I do. Get the, I, I mean, they're not going to take it first. I mean, that there's no question about it. They they don't take it first. Uh, they they're going to defer to the second half. That's what Kyle does. He's what he's. It's what he's comfortable with. I I kind of agree with you, but um, you know, that's not typically what he does or what he's going to do. But you know what? I it just Mahomes threw fourteen interceptions this year, and if you go look at at Kansas City, um, you know they 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 lost some games this year. They lost games when they fell behind. Uh, they lost games when they failed to score. Kansas City's ten and zero when they score twenty one points or more, but they're oh they they got zero wins all year when they failed to score twenty one. So if you can keep them down offensively, um and and make them turn it over a little bit, I mean. As I said, Mahomes struggled. He had, you know, their tackles really struggled. It's Donovan Smith against Chase Young. It's Nick Bosa against Juwan Taylor. Juwan Taylor led the NFL this year with 20 uh, penalties, seven more than any other player. I think there's a very good chance that that um, both the Niners defensive ends win and put pressure on Mahomes. It's weird, though. You know, Juwan Taylor isn't
0: a bad player. He's just a player with a lot of penalties. He's not bad, Larry. No. He's not. He just is a penalty-laden player. I mean, but he's not bad at it. It's really weird. So that's a matchup that Nick Bosa, if he wins and takes advantage of, and he's getting home to Patrick Mahomes. Look, if the 49ers defense is getting home on Patrick Mahomes, if at any point in time you're talking to your friends during the Super Bowl, like, man, Mahomes got no time today. He's just so uncomfortable back there. Things are going incredibly well for the San Francisco 49ers. It's hard to put pressure on Mahomes or even get home on him in a playoff game. So if his tackles were that bad, we would know it, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, well, they're, they're, you know, this has been the weakness for them this year. Um, you know, but they they also sacked the quarterback. I think they've got the third, second or third most sacks in the league, so you don't want to fall behind. You know, I mean, you don't want to get into a situation where Chris Jones is just dominating you. Um, and that's that's a tough one because Jones has been really, really good. So they just have to figure out a way to get off to a better start. Kansas City's not a perfect football team. They're really not. I mean, if you, if you look at their numbers, Damon, they're not a perfect football team this year. This is not a vintage Chiefs offense. Um, Mahomes has been pretty ordinary, but he's been really good in the playoffs. And if you watch the way Reed's calling it, um, you know they're they're uh, they're very very conservative. They're they they're not gonna. Here's the thing: they're coming out in this mode of, we've been here before, we're not nervous. We have a quarterback who's not nervous, but we're not gonna take any chances at all. We're gonna throw it short. You're not gonna get turnovers. You're not gonna get sacks. We're gonna get to third down. We're gonna run Mahomes or Pacheco. We're gonna stay on the field. We're gonna score first and then we're going to play really, really good defense. I mean, they shut out Baltimore on their home field in the second half of that game for the most part. I mean, I think Baltimore got a field goal. Um, but but then when you look at Kansas City, they're 15th in points per game. They score 21.8 points per game, where the Niners are third in the NFL. The Niners score almost 29 a game. So, And then the other thing that jumps out is the Chiefs are 17th against the run so they've given up 113 yards on the ground. To me, it's a you got the best running back in football and the Chiefs pass D is number 4, their total D is number 2, but their run D is number 17. Run the freaking ball at them and then the other key is somehow if you can get a lead, then you got a shot at uh, at uh, Mahomes taking more chances and if he takes more chances The odds are he'll turn it over. The Niners are fifth in the NFL at plus 10 in turnovers. The Chiefs are 28th in the NFL at minus 11 in turnover differential, which is, I think, a big part of why Reed is kind of running the plan that he's running right now. Is that He knows that his team can turn it over, especially if they fall behind. So he's being real, real conservative at the beginning of games. I think that there's a little bit of that element of doubt in there. Like you're talking about.
0: I also think he's a smart coach who knows I got the right defense to win this football game. And when you got a defense that wins football games, I think you're just smart coaches are are predisposed to taking fewer chances. Even if Patrick Mahomes is the guy taking that chance for you, you just, you get more conservative when you have a defense to lean on and, like you said, it's it's kind of a pedestrian Chiefs offense that shows up in the Super Bowl with the best defense the Kansas City Chiefs have had in the Andy Reid era, without a doubt. And they have been even better in the postseason than they were in the regular season. The Chiefs defense gave up 17.3 points per game in the regular season and in the postseason, where they played three games already, only 13.7 points per game given up by the Kansas City defense. Miami, was held to seven. Buffalo got off with 24, but Baltimore was held to just 10 points at home in the AFC championship game. So it's a really good defense and getting conservative and letting the defense sort of dictate the afternoon and not putting them in any sort of bad position is is the way that the Kansas City Chiefs have reached the Super Bowl. It's a formula that's been less razzle-dazzle for them than in the past, but has certainly worked a great effect now what you don't want to have happen is for patrick mahomes to look at the 49ers jerseys and just think hot supper and the last time patrick mahomes played the 49ers he basically he destroyed them mahomes torched the niners the last time that they met throwing for 423 yards and three touchdowns in a 44 23 win in santa clara his plus 0.701 epa expected points added was the single highest EPA allowed to any quarterback that the 49ers faced over the last three seasons. So Patrick Mahomes, he sees 49ers jerseys and he's like, yeah, I like this. I mean, he just, he plays really, really well against the 49ers. And, you know, is that independent of the talent around him? No, it never is. But some guys, Again, they see that jersey, they play better. It's just how it goes. And that's how the Niners do sort of trigger Mahomes. So then I expect Mahomes to play well. Now it's, does Travis Kelsey have a monster game? Or does that Kansas City defense really, you know, bear its teeth and the 49ers are having trouble scratching together more than 17
1: points in this game? Um, By the way, in that game against the Niners, uh uh-huh. Niners ran 72 plays. Chiefs ran 58. Chiefs, though, had 529 yards. They went for 9.1 yards per play. I mean, they were totally dominant in that game. 49ers um, had three turnovers. Kansas City had two. So Kansas City was plus one in that that game turnover-wise. But, yeah, Chiefs ran it over five yards of carry in that game. Um Niners had 10 penalties and if you go back to the Chiefs Ravens game last week man you know what i mean the Ravens had their chances but you know Lamar was a little inaccurate and then the Ravens had some really costly penalties and if you you know if you beat yourself with penalties it's hard to beat Kansas City cuz they're going to come out and they're going to play a pretty clean game you know they're not going to have a bunch of a bunch of penalties and shoot themselves in the foot. I mean you you if you beat Kansas City, you will beat Kansas City. You will not just um, you know, you you will not they will not come into the game and be like, ah, oh, you know what? The moment was too big. Uh we beat ourselves. No. Right. They're not handing
0: they, it to you like Dan Campbell and the Lions kind of handed it to you.
1: Yeah. They're not going to beat themselves. I mean Mahomes in this in this game against Baltimore, thirty of thirty nine. He only threw one touchdown, but he had no picks. And they only had two sacks. I mean, if there was one thing that really stood out in the game, you know, I mean, Pacheco didn't do anything great. He ran for 2.8 a carry, but they didn't fumble. They didn't have a lot of negative yardage plays. They didn't fall behind the sticks. Um, And then, you know, what? also, and the one reason I do feel good about the Niners being able to beat Kansas City, Travis Kelsey is a huge part of what they do. And it used to be that Tyreek and... Juju Smith-Schuster and all these other guys that you had to worry about. And then Kelsey could just kind of fit in there. He's the total deal. They threw it to him 11 times. He caught all 11 balls for 116 yards, but he wasn't nearly this good in the regular season. So Kelsey is a big money player, but the Niners have Fred Warner. And I think they're going to do a good job at defending Travis Kelsey in the red zone. And I think if you do that, you got a great chance to beat this team.
0: What's the 49ers defense looking like against Kansas City screens early? Are screens picking up big chunk plays? Are screens frustrating the 49ers defense? Because if they are, that's a that's a really big uh oh going against the 49ers because Andy Reid runs the best screen game. And I think that the 49ers defense is a little susceptible to falling into that screen game trap. Uh so Steve Wilkes has to have. Johnny on the spot screen response if you will all game long.
1: And it's not just the screens, it's the it's everything in the short game. Everything in the short game. When you're when you're playing Mahomes, you're fearful of that big arm, you're fearful of him scrambling, but the way they started this Baltimore game, the first two series, everything was Um, a free release off the line of scrimmage, and you could see their receivers driving deep down the field to create room, but then Mahomes just dumping it off. And he's just, he's so. I mean, so what you got to do is you got to, you cannot give Travis Kelsey a free release off the line of scrimmage. You have to hit him. You got to get up on the line of scrimmage and challenge their receivers right out of the shoot. You got to take away their short game and Pacheco. If you can do that, you can force them to go to other elements of their passing attack that aren't nearly as, as developed. Um, they don't have near the confidence in their w- wide receivers. I mean, their number one wide receiver is a rookie, and, and MVS doesn't do much. So it's all about don't give them the high percentage short stuff um, and let them move the ball down the field.
0: Like I said, early in the game how the 49ers offense is moving the ball. Just It's bigger than just are they scoring? Is it a touchdown? Just how are they moving the ball against Spagnuolo's defense? Does it look like they are on schedule? Are they avoiding third and long? All of these things, I think, go greatly into the gumbo of how the Niners win. And look, against Mahomes, against Patrick Mahomes in a defense this good, any one three and out A three and out at the wrong time, at the wrong spot on the field, at the wrong spot on the clock in a half, a three and out can just be devastating against Kansas City because not only, you know, did they score and then you give the ball right back and maybe they score again, now you're down two possessions, like, just like that. Like, it happens that fast. So, God, this is... I mean, I, I'm already starting to feel the pressure of the Super Bowl, Larry. Here it comes, baby. <laughs> it's, it's time. It's this is uh, this is about uh, as much stress and anxiety and fun as you can pack into an entire week of sports all at once, and then it's just a three-hour, three and a half, four-hour explosion of hot football action, a whole bunch of commercials, and the next thing you know, it's over instantly, and the season's over, and the finality of it all is the only thing that you're left you know slack jawed staring at going oh my god i can't believe it's over i can't believe how did that that ended what happened there so it just not being blown away by the momentum of the kansas city chiefs either their offensive or defensive momentum how the 49ers take that first real heavy shot that mahomes lands and not get staggered or stammered like a punch drunk boxer in the ring is going to go a long, long way as to seeing what happens in this game.
1: I'll tell you one other thing that yeah. that I got to see in this game. You know, the 49ers have a, have a number one sack guy. His name's Nick Bosa, right? But their number two sack guy is Javon Hargrave. And Javon Hargrave has a total of zero sacks in the postseason. Um, he had zero last week against Detroit. In eight quarters of football, the nicest thing we can say
0: about Javon Hargrave's postseason is I think we might have used his name once. That's it. He's done nothing. He's done nothing in this postseason yet.
1: Well, not only that, he's only he hasn't had he's only had one sack in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. You know, that's that's half a season. He's had he's got seven on the year, uh, but he's only had one in the last, you know, in the last seven games. He's got to be a force inside. He's got to. They gave this cat 40 million bucks. He's got to show up. I mean, he's got to show up. This was their big free agent signing. He cannot get shut out. He's got to be better against the run. He's got to get some heat on the quarterback. He's got to make some of that some of that cash right here right now. I mean this is it. The, the Mahomes or excuse me,
0: Nick Bosa may not be delivering the sack total that you want to see in the box score, but you still see Nick Bosa in the football game. Like, there he is behind the line of scrimmage. There he is doing his level best to disturb that play behind the line of scrimmage. There he is moving the pocket. There's Nick Bosa picking up a a, a holding call. Like, you still see and feel Nick Bosa in these games, even though he hasn't been getting home. You haven't seen or felt Hargrave at all this postseason he has not been a part of it but for a play to the positive and then the negative play that everyone is so thoroughly highlighted about chase young dogging it on the Gibbs 15-yard touchdown run for the detroit lions we haven't seen or really used his name much at all so yeah there is a huge defensive line Let's finally show up to a football game that you guys are playing an element here. But, you know, Steve Wilkes' defense really is. It's built from that back to the front. And maybe that's been a little bit of the odd relationship that Steve Wilkes has had with his own defense. He's a back-to-the-front defensive coordinator where the 49ers are built more front-to-back as a defense with the strength of that offensive line. I saw this, Larry. I was kind of surprised by this because you and I both think Talanoa Hufanga is really good. Um, And you and I also both think that Jair Brown is a pretty decent replacement, all things considered, right? Um, Yeah. Logan Ryan less so. Well, how about this? Since Talanoa Hufanga got hurt back in week 12, San Francisco's defensive ranks 23rd in EPA expected points added. And that doesn't even include the throwaway game for everyone that was week 18. Um, they're twentieth on dropbacks after ranking no worse than fifth over the first fourteen over, over the first eleven weeks. Four of the last five Niners opponents have generated a positive EPA after only four of the first fourteen opponents had a positive number. So Talanoa Hufanga's absence is something that I think we've tried to dismiss or say it's been addressed by Jair Brown, maybe the Logan Ryan signing, although that's looked less and less like it's been helpful. Um, Talanoa Hufanga's absence has really hurt this defense. I think it's time that we admit it.
1: Well, there's no question. I mean, he's a super smart guy. Um, You know, I, I do think Jair Brown's more physical in the run game. Uh, than then Talanoa, but Talanoa was really great at, at reading, you know, he's, he's like a coach on the field. He, he, he's one of the smartest football players on their defense. So, you know, he was around the ball a lot. He made big plays. Um, he, you know, he's not a fast guy, but man, he's so heady. He was always flowing in the right direction. He was great at attacking the mesh point when teams were in obvious run formations and rundowns. He would trust his eyes and just go and attack that mesh point and create negative plays. So, yeah, I mean, a is, you know, to miss him is significant. Absolutely.
0: Way, you know what, Larry, I'm going to do sometimes Ray would be talking. And I'm like, Ray, you're going to have to explain that to the audience. No one knows that vocabulary word except me. And sometimes I didn't even know it. So I would say that for him to explain it. So I understood it too. When you say mesh point, Larry, I know that there's someone out there
1: saying, what do you mean mesh point? I well, know what just, you
0: mean, but tell tell the people what you mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, just that the, the at the, the, when the quarterback and the running back come together to hand off the ball, that is the mesh point. And sometimes it's a handoff, and sometimes it's a play-action fake, right? But when the quarterback is putting the ball in the gut of the running back, whether he, the running back's keeping it or the quarterback's keeping it, that is the mesh point. And so so um, Hafanga, at his best, is one of the most unbelievable players in the league at just, at just you know what, I don't know if that's going to be a run or a pass, but if I can get to the mesh point as it's happening, I can interrupt the whole thing, and, and it doesn't matter what they're going to do. It doesn't matter if they're planning on passing it um, or running it. I'm right there. I'm attacking it, um, and, and, and for the RPO, Uh, game, which is the run pass option where you sometimes have the mesh point where the quarterbacks literally it's not he's not turning his back and handing it off. He's the running backs running in front. You know, that's a big let's hold the linebackers. Let's freeze the defense. Well, how do you defend that? You defend that by having a safety that just attacks that moment and forces that decision. And he's great at it. I mean, it's uncanny how often he can time that and get there right as the quarterback is either keeping it or handing it off and either coming away with a sack or a gigantic tackle for a loss. It's a real skill. Jair Brown, on the other hand, is bigger and more physical and faster, and he's got a great nose for the football as well, but he'll hit you like a linebacker. Um, so they they have different skills and weaknesses. Hafonga's a little bit more trustworthy. Brown's a little bit more of a of a hitter, force, you know, player against the run. And Hafanga's also got great ball skills. He had 10 interceptions each of his last two years at at Penn State. So, you know, I I believe in in Brown. I think the moment's not too big for him, and I expect him to play well. In fact, I would say this. If you're looking for just like a sleeper bet, Hafanga would be a great call for a sleeper bet to win the MVP. Jair Brown, you mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jair Brown. I said Hafanga. Jair Brown, because Jair Brown... Um, you get great odds on Talanoa Hufanga right now, by the way. (laughs) Well, you're going to get great odds on, on Jair Brown, but I mean, Jair Brown could wind up. I mean, think about the way this game could go. They're going to run Pacheco a lot. Why? Because the Niner run defense on, on the numbers says, Hey, you can, I mean, Detroit just ran for ridiculous yards, 180 yards or whatever it was. So they're going to run it a lot early. So Brown's a great run defender and he's very aggressive. So he could wind up, Damon, with 8, 9, 10, 12 tackles in the run game. But then if the Niners offense can have success and get a lead and Kansas City's coming from behind at all in the second half, you could have a guy like Kafanga or like uh, Brown with a pick or two because he's got such a great nose for the ball. So you could look up in this game and have – Niner weapons, you know, all the numbers kind of spread throughout Debo, IU, Kittle, McCaffrey, and they all have good, but not special numbers, which is kind of the way it goes in this offense. But Jair Brown could wind up with 12 tackles and two picks and be the MVP. So you might be able to get, you know, some ridiculous uh, odds on Jair Brown as the MVP. He'd be a live, a live uh, bet in my mind. Well.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Damon Bruce for my friend Larry Kruger, who obviously is already drinking. If he's really recommending going ahead and plunking down well, no, you can, you can put know. down five bucks and make a ton. Right. I understand what you're saying. The chances of him being named Super Bowl MVP are basically infinitesimal. But yes, but a that's path, a great prop. A path to his You know, a a gaudy total of tackles and a couple of interceptions. Yes, but it would take nothing short of that for him to do it. I've seen a few other long shot bets come in and and reported in a few places. Uh, A better with DraftKings put 25 grand on Isaiah Pacheco to be named Super Bowl MVP. He's going off at 40 to one, by the way, $25,000 at 40 to one would pay a cool million dollars. Um.
1: 15,000 smith by the way remember that for the former niner the seahawk he won the super bowl mvp yes he did he did larry brown won the super bowl mvp
0: it's happened it's It's happened happened.
1: it's happened it It usually goes to the quarterback
0: look at it this way if a safety Wins a Super Bowl MVP. I can all but guarantee you the Raiders are going to give him way too much money in his next contract. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 15000 to win $975,000. Uh, this is fifteen dollars on Rashi Rice going off to be MVP at 65 to 1. That would be a, a, a huge upset. And that's something that the 49ers simply cannot allow. Um, we've been talking, and by the way, welcome to Wake Up here, Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger, hit like, hit subscribe, all those good things. Memberships are indeed available on both channels, and not that we're wedding DJs, but we do take requests. It was asked of me, Larry, if we could do a starred chat somewhere around the halfway point. Don't just send save them all to the end because people. You know, it's a Monday morning. they got to go about their business, and if they are giving us some of their business with a starred Super Chat, well, let's get into that. We will in just a second here before we get back to it. And I want to, so let's go through the Super Chats, and then I want to talk about, since we basically spent the first hour in, like, what could go wrong, Chiefs defense little anxiety mode, I think in the next hour here, Larry, we got to talk about what might go right for the Niners and how the Niners unlock this Super Bowl win, and that's what we'll do after we go through all of these chats take it away larry all
1: right tony bz21 says hit the fuel bar two for one drinks shoot the basketball to get free shots it's a dope place also go to cosmo and get the flower drink hashtag go niners
0: so I've been to the Cosmo. I don't know anything about this flower drink. I do know the Chandelier Bar is probably where you get it. But what the flower drink at the Cosmo, Larry? I'm going to buy you a flower drink at the Cosmo. But Wait a I, second. I, I'm, I'm
1: I'm writing these suggestions down. Fuel Bar and Cosmo, Cosmo, Chandelier Bar, flower drink. Would
0: you flower please, drink. Would I, you I, please get? i like to do all, my, all please, of these. Would you please get my lovely co-host Larry here a flower drink?
1: Yes, uh, hit the fuel bar two-for-one drinks. Wait a second. I'll write that down. That's going to be something that we're going to need info on later this week. Where can we get two-for-one? All right, Double B Studio says, if Wilkes D blows the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick, I'm telling you, I put it out there. I put it out there. I'll just put it out there, let you guys chew on it. I did see uh, one of the stories of today, Damon, is that um, Bill Belichick's son, has accepted the defensive coordinator job at uh, at University of Washington so he's you know the the he spent the past 12 years as a defensive assistant with New England so uh, you know if Belichick's going anywhere as a football coach this year he will not be bringing Steve with him uh, so I don't know what you can make of that but there you go. Um, Moises Rosales, do you know if Kyle told Purdy directly when he made the team in 2022 hard knock style, or was he just notified when everyone else was? I'm sure they told him directly. I'm sure they told
0: him. Yeah. You, I mean, first of all, you treat every player like players and quarterbacks are treated like extra players. That's how that goes.
1: You know, and there was, um. It's funny. Brock was asked, did, did Kyle indicate to you that he liked you? I, right, cause Kyle, cause it came out this week that Jed told Kyle, Hey, or Kyle told Jed, Hey, you know what? Our number three quarterback is actually, I think our best quarterback. And then somebody said, to did, did ask Brock later in the week, did Kyle ever say that to you? And he's like, no, you know, he never did. He just kind of, he, you know, he said, Hey, we like what you're doing. You're doing everything right. But he never really indicated, uh, you know, that he was a big fan. Moises Ro- Rosales' highest and lowest point for you to doing this work. Uh, hmm. lowest point. God, lowest point. I did do a live stream with somebody who was like 10. Um, you know, who just asked me to do a live stream, but even that was kind of fun, but I was sitting there going, Jesus, what the hell has happened to me? I'm doing it. I'm doing a live stream with a 10 year old. But, um, I would say that was probably the low point. The high point, man, there's been so many high points. I mean, really, um, just just, uh, I'll say this, going on the radio a couple weeks ago with Guru on 957 and taking call after call after call after call on the radio on 957 the game, and having people act like they were more familiar with me than guru on his own show was a big, whoa. Um, and that's kind of told me not that I'm great or that guru in some way is not great because I think guru is the best, but it was like a statement of where radio is and is going and a statement of where YouTube is and is going. Right. It's It's not like you can
0: use the radio to promote your YouTube show as much as the YouTube show promotes a radio appearance these days.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's totally, um, you know, the YouTube has gotten to such a big thing that, you know, people are calling up all the time on the radio going, Hey man, love the show last night. Love the, this love the that. And, and that was kind of cool. So I would say you know that was kind of a high point just to see, and then of course some of the great people that I've collabed with this year, Steve Young, um, you know, just doing a lot of the Niners stuff, getting a lot of the interviews in the locker room. I really enjoy that part of it, just because I I think if you can bring you guys, the fans, face to face with uh, the players, and just cut out the middleman altogether, and just be like, hey, you know what? Here's uh, you know Ambry Thomas for five minutes. And you're watching it and you're seeing, you know, the interaction and it's almost like on a TV type situation. In a lot of ways, that's really, really cool if you think about it. So I kind of enjoy that part of it. How about you, Damon?
0: So I'd like to think I haven't even had my high point yet. You know, how about this? My high point is the overall, not just belief, but the real feeling and knowledge that this is where the future is and lies. And I would be behind the curve if I were still on radio. And thank God, everything that happened, happened to put me here, which is definitely the place to be. So, you know, um, the high point is the overall optimism I have after a, you know, nearly two decade long on-air career, which when it snatched, when it was snatched from me, I thought, oh no, what do I do next? How do I provide for my family? And like now it all, it all makes sense. And I think that that's the high point, not just believing, but really knowing and getting the data points returned to me that this can work over here. And then the examples that like you and a lot of other guys, Haberman and Middlecoff have shared, I, I got to sneeze. thank you bless you thank you very very much um that was that that's been that's been the high point knowing that this is it it's all gonna work and and we're gonna have a great time in vegas and maybe the high point is going to be revealed at some point in time this week
1: we have a great time in new orleans um and i'm trying i'm gonna hopefully this week will be even better The low point though, Larry, the low point point.
0: was, you know, so I started in April doing a daily show five days a week and you know, like anything, the launch went pretty darn well. I was very, very excited, but then now may and June come about and it's the middle of baseball season and it's people on vacation and probably the two worst consume months of the entire YouTube year for everybody. Like Mr. Beast has down months in May and June. There was one day like 106 people watched the channel. Like that was, that was it. Like I'm, I'm used to doing an afternoon drive with tens of thousands of listeners at any point in time. And like, literally I remember going up to, to Jillian that night and saying, honey, like 107 people listened to me today. (laughs) This is not good. This is what am I doing? She's like, just stick with it. Just stick with it. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just just keep swimming. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh it's it's the middle of summer. The giants stink. No, no one no no one had a great day today. Maybe no one else had as fewer viewers as you did, but that you know, it's it's all gonna stick, just stick to it. It'll all come back. But that was the low point when me going like, holy shit, I have (laughs) been, I have, I've literally had more people in a in a bathroom with me at a football game than listen to my show today. Like that, that was the low point. Um,
1: okay. We got another one here. Sean Edwards defense must stop at least two Kansas city offensive drives and get three sacks. CMC gets 20 plus carries Debo with five runs. Short packs game to Kittle, Jennings, CMC and Hughes will be critical. Niners win 31, 28. There you go. Ramon Gonzalez says Bosa is right versus the best D line in the NFL. Chiefs were called for zero holds. NFL woke up and KC was called for three holds in the first quarter alone in Super Bowl 55. Then Tampa had a jailbreak and ran away with it. Yeah, I mean, that was frustrating watching Bosa get no calls and then watching Tampa the next year, you know, get a bunch of calls. Um, We've got this one from Niner West. Raiders give the blueprint on Kelsey. Well, you know what? I think Fred Warner might give the blueprint on Kelsey. We'll see. Niner West says, what's Wilkes' plan to stop the screens? I think overall, that's a great question. I think overall, I'd like to ask Steve this week when we get a chance to talk to him later in the week. You know, Kansas City... Has come out, even though you know uh, Andy Reid is the wizard and he can do all kinds of creative things. They're gonna be very conservative. They're gonna they're gonna try to run Mahomes to convert third downs. They're gonna try to run Pacheco for sure, and then they're gonna pass real real short. Can you take that away? Um, can you get aggressive and challenge them up on the line of scrimmage? If the Niners getting this super, you know, uh, non-aggressive p- uh, point and they're just allowing Kansas City to make plays underneath, they'll nickel and dime them all afternoon long and then they'll get a couple stops on defense and win the game. So I think you got to challenge Kansas City on the short stuff right out of the shoot. By the way, before you move on, Larry, there's
0: a, a gentleman here named Peter Letterer who says, this show is keeping me upbeat in my hospital bed. Don't underestimate your value. Bang, bang, Niner game, 31 to 24. Well, Peter, don't know why you're in the hospital, but we hope it all goes well for you there and you get out soon. Thank you very much. And we're glad that we can be with you this morning. Thank you for being with us.
1: Yeah, no question about it. Um, this one from Tyler Wiseguy, the Niners should run CMC and Debo because the Chiefs run defense is horrible. Run the ball. Play solid defense. The Niners have the better team and the better offense. Score 30, and you beat them. Yeah, there's no question. Right. It's hard uh, don't beat yourself.
0: Chiefs, it really is. I mean, the Chiefs aren't giving up 30. They didn't give up 30 points per game in the regular season, and they don't give up even close to 30 points per game. Uh, they're not even giving up two touchdowns through three postseason games. So uh, this is a defense that you just don't say, yeah, just put 30 on them, and there you go. If that were yeah. easy to do that, a lot more teams would have done that.
1: Yeah. They're giving up seven in the second point. Greg Argesi says, guys, Niners, 11 double-digit wins, six blowout wins. Did you forget Vegas didn't? Queefs are playing are playing well. <laughs> But Niners are the better team, and Purdy's cooking. Purdy's thrown for more yards this year than Mahomes. How about that? A lot of people didn't, don't realize that. Daryl Granville, hi, gentlemen. Will Robert Beale get some run in the Super Bowl? Uh, uh,
0: I look at it this way. Based on Cleveland Farrell's inability to go in this game, I would think, yeah. I think he hits the field in this game. And hopefully he hits a quarterback in this game. He's fast enough. I'd love to see it.
1: Cryptic are gone is are gone is the the defense allowed 13 points per game and zero just exploding at 35 points per game. Almost feels like D got back to when Wilkes had to come down from the booth. Argon is their defense. It's a little hard to read there. Yeah, I, I don't know. Cryptic. Thank you very much. Thank you, Cryptic. Thanks. JD,
2: cryptic.
0: Your 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 message was quite cryptic. We we couldn't really get
1: through. <laughs> JD says if Kyle forgets about Debo like he did in the Super Bowl and the NFC two NFC Championship games, the Niners will lose. Yeah. Don't forget Debo. Steven Steven says the Raiders beat the Chiefs with Jimmy doing his best to throw away the game. Jacobs ran for over 140, and the defense played solid. 49ers have too much firepower for the Chiefs to contain. 34-23 Niners. Uh, well, hope you're right. I tell you, our, How many more of these we got? Uh one more. Let's let's
0: let's get to it, and then I want to bring up. Uh,
1: Dick says key to number six: don't let Mahomes get to that final drive.
0: Oh, the old don't give him enough time to beat you at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna want to, you're you're definitely gonna want to take that opportunity away. <laughs> when you got a step on the Kansas City Chiefs' throat moment, you better do it because they're like Frankenstein; they just keep coming and coming and coming. Ask the Buffalo Bills about what Patrick Mahomes can do with just a a couple of timeouts and a handful of seconds left. Oh man, that AFC title game was still something else. Um, so we just had the super chat about Debo, right? Right. And I think that there's quite a bit there. I actually think that Debo might be the mismatch key that unlocks his Super Bowl win for the 49ers. If anything, Larry, I think that he's the guy whose motion might tip the hand that Spags is about to throw at Brock Purdy. S- Steve Spagnolo is a wizard when it comes to disguising his coverages. And it looks like this play is starting in one coverage and then the ball is snapped and then something totally different happens. Putting Debo in motion and the amount of attention that needs to be put on Debo in motion more than even other players going in motion because he's such a versatile player. Maybe that's the key in unlocking the pre-snap decisions of Spagnolo's defense. Again, this is what they're all paid millions of dollars for, disguising what they're doing as they're doing it. This is why they're coaches and we just talk about football. This is why these guys are are brilliant at their jobs and we just, we're we're, we're gum flappers. Um, but I do think that Debo is, is one of those guys where if the 49ers win this game, he's in the middle of it. And if the Niners lose this game, Larry, I think his absence is in the middle of that too. You know what I mean? And and the same thing for George Kittle. If the 49ers win this game, he's in the middle of it. George Kittle, big day, not a day where he was left in to be a blocking tight end, but a day where he's catching the ball, he's scoring, chunk plays for Kittle. And if the Niners lose this game, I don't think we're talking about any of that. I don't think there's... Uh, a, George Kittle had a six catch, hundred and twenty yard, two touchdown afternoon and a forty nine er loss. Right? That, that that doesn't happen.
1: I, you know what? It's it. I actually think Kittle could have a big game. Um, you know, there's been so much talk about Kelsey, and you know, rightfully so, Kelsey's hot right now. But I mean, Kittle's really had the better year. Uh, Kittle is a, a little bit closer to his prime right now. And you know we haven't seen Kittle have that monster game in a while, and I I think um, you know I think the monster game could be coming for Kittle. I mean I know Kansas City's got Reed, um, you know Eric Reed's brother, uh, the former Stanford star, and you know, but I, I I still think you know George Kittle could have a huge day, both as a run blocker for McCaffrey and as a as a, as a red zone threat for uh, for Brock Purdy. Look,
0: Kittle and Debo are mismatches whose defense gets caught in the most mismatches on Sunday is, is a question that answers who won the game, right? Who lost the game, who gets to catch and take advantage of the mismatches and the rare handful of opportunity. You're lucky because both these teams are so well coached. If you got five bona fide, that's a mismatch in this game. Right? Five. Oh, God. Here it is. That's the matchup you want. Hit that play, score right now. That play is going to be available just a few times in this game. And the team that hits it, the team that takes advantage of the mismatch, probably goes along to win this game. Larry, which is more likely in your mind that Kyle Shanahan shows us a concocted level of razzle dazzle? that we had not seen in the regular season. Like he's really got the play that he's been sitting on since the night he lost the Super Bowl. Like he and his dad both got drunk one night. They drew this thing up on a napkin in Cancun thinking, all right, when you get back to the big game and it's fourth and got to have it, this is the play you're going to run. And we're not going to see it until that moment. This is a, you know, break in case of emergency only level play or which is more likely, that razzle-dazzle, holy shit, Kyle Shanahan's a genius play, or just 35-45 touches for Christian McCaffrey, very much the exact same game plan you saw all year. Will Kyle dive deeper into his tendencies or try to catch Kansas City off guard with something they're not expecting?
1: Well, I mean, Kyle always does, right? Um, You know, the Niners are number one in the NFL in explosive pass rate. So I, I I could see, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a flea flicker, but I could definitely see some end arounds to Debo. I could see, you know, a couple reverses. I mean, the one thing, the one thing, I mean, if you look at this Chiefs defense, you say, okay, what really stands out about Kansas City's defense? Well, one, Chris Jones, right? So you got to get Chris Jones blocked. Um, but two, it's the unbelievable pursuit speed that they have with Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, if he winds up playing, um, Trent McDuffie, Lajarius Snead. I mean, they've got some big time guys who can really pursue. And when you have guys like that who can pursue and have great speed, the misdirection is always a great way to neutralize them and make them stay home a little bit, um, and not and not you know go crazy in pursuit. So I, I would say if they're over-pursuing early in the game against McCaffrey, you're going to see some misdirection, you know, where maybe it's a you think you, it's a fake to McCaffrey, but now it's a flip to Debo going the other way. So I do think there could be some razzle-dazzle because Kansas City has three players in Gay, Bolton, and Snead that really fly to the football. and um, And when you have that kind of speed, you can neutralize it, you know by uh, by making them kind of well, wait a second you know what am i seeing uh, you know and 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 Shanahan's also known as as the guy he has the most you know pre snap what they call eye candy where he's trying to set up you know a play a mismatch to find a coverage um, by what he does pre snap and that's always going to be a staple of of what he does that's kind of how he he operates. So I expect more of the same. I to me, I'm more interested to see Andy Reed, who can do that. But in recent games, I mean he did a little bit of that this week against Kansas against Baltimore, but they were very conservative. They were very, very conservative. Short passes, get to third and three, look for Mahomes to run. You know, so um, you know, does does Andy Reed who kind of, you know, can dial it up with the best of them? Does he get, you know, razzle-dazzle mode, or does he stay incredibly simple and conservative and try not to make mistakes? Ah, oh, can't wait.
0: I can't wait. I feel like, you know, it's it's funny. You get to the Super Bowl, and it's this, weird, it's this weird feeling. It feels like it's the long journey here, yet at the same time, it feels like the season just started a couple weeks ago, doesn't it? It's equally it's taken forever to get here and it feels like this all just started all at the same time. And there's the the, there there is no game that sort of knocks the space time continuum out of shape like the Super Bowl. Uh, There is no city that knocks the space time continuum out of shape like Las Vegas. I mean, there's a reason why you can't see a clock in any of the casinos. They want they, they want you to get lost in the day or into the night. Um so everything is disorienting who can survive the most amount of disorientation survives Super Bowl week. Uh we have been I hope you have been prepping Kevin for his first trip to Las Vegas. I mean normally um, my 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 number one recommendation to any young man going to Las Vegas would be you might not want to go with your dad on your first trip, but yeah, hey, you you're, you two are going together, you know, and and, and uh, it's obvious the two of you guys get along well. You got a great friendship, but maybe there are some things you want to do in Las Vegas without your dad being right there. So maybe Kevin's second trip to Las Vegas will be even more exciting than his first, but the first is going to be an awful lot of fun. Have well, you- get, any-
1: get ready <laughs> though, Damon, because uh, Kevin is not just my son. He's also kind of the boss on the channel. So <laughs> wait until you see him go, hey, guys, we need to do this video right now in front of the sphere. Hey, guys, we need to do this interview right now. You know, he's got a little bit of the, uh, you know, I'm 22 going on 42. I'm the boss. Tell I'm going to tell Bob Agnew in him. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to tell Larry and Damon what, they're, what to do. So get ready for, uh, the 22 year old who's telling us what to do.
0: I'm ready. I I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Here's the thing. Just, I take direction. Well, I really like the reputation that I'm hard to work with is totally unfounded. I take direction. (laughs) Well, point me in the right direction. Tell me where I got to be and when I got to be there and, and we'll be there. We're pros, but yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to all of this. We're breaking the very first rule of Vegas, just in the execution of this trip. The first rule of Vegas is you never go to Las Vegas longer than five meals. We're going to be there longer than five meals. So we're breaking rule number one right away. Um, you know, I, I, I've got my, my tips for surviving a Super Bowl week in Las Vegas. I feel like I need to email these to Kevin, um, but again, I'm, I'm ready for I'm ready for him to be uh, uh heavy-handed, uh overbearing um manager of, of what we need to do. Larry, you and I do well with direction. Like maybe we need a little direction.
1: Well, I told him I said, hey man, um, you know, we're we're gonna he's like, Dad, I don't care. We're not we're not just gonna walk walk around town and just get hammered and and you know, blitzed. We're you know, you guys are gonna have to do videos, you're gonna have to do this, we're gonna have to be on point. We're going to have to, I'm going to be, have to be producing things, you know, like he's really, he's like, I'm not missing a a couple days of school to go to Vegas to just party. We're gonna We're going to, you know, blow up the channel or we're not doing this. I'm
2: like, all right, all
0: right, all right, all right. And, and this is where I'll have young Kevin come sit down on uncle Damon's lap. I'll pet his head and I'll just say, you're a very thick hair. You're adorable, and you're so new here. Look at you with all of your Las Vegas. I'm coming to work hard aspirations. This town tears that apart, young man. <laughs> yes, we want to do things for the channel, but if you go to Las Vegas and if it's just a work trip, you have done
1: it wrong. You Third string done- all process. Larry, Kevin, all these rules, I'm going to leave you behind. Uh, Kevin Allen says, LMAO, your son, is all business. Google is Skynet it says Kev the life of the party. Uh,
0: mean, whatever, how all could be when he hasn't made his bed for a single video that he shot all year.
1: Third string all pro says don't pull a Biden. Damon's going to pull a Biden and sniff Kevin's hair.
0: I am. I'm going to give a little shoulder rub, smell in his ear. <laughs>
1: Google is Skynet. Kevin's father. LOL. Uh oh, here we go. Over under who puke, pukes first, Larry or Damon. Now you gave you a Damien there. Look at that. You haven't had that you haven't had a Damien in a, I haven't had a
0: Damien in a long time. It feels that feel you know what that, that feels intentional, is what that feels well,
1: like. Look at this one. Words of wisdom, FYI, the sphere tour inside. Overrated. You have been warned.
0: Yeah, I'm not going on any inside sphere tour. I'll be for sorry. like
1: fifty bucks too. Yeah, no, I'll we're not a, doing we're, that. We're we'll bring we'll, the sphere. We'll do stuff in front of comes, us. yeah
0: Yes, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'll be going inside when it's time for a rock concert.
1: Greg it says Kevin is the glue that holds this show together. He is
0: our glue guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. He's. Our, he's, he's the Kavan Looney of what we're doing.
1: He's. He's the. He's the money man on our channel. Um. There's no question. You know, we're sitting right now. I'm sitting right now at thirty-seven thousand four hundred and one subscribers. Uh, Kev's videos and live streams, 4.2 million views of the live streams and videos in the last four weeks alone. So the channel is absolutely blowing up. Kev's a huge part of the channel blowing up. So we appreciate him and we will do. I told him, I said, we will do our work. You got to let us play a little bit. Well, we will do our work and we're motivated. Uh, well, we can do both. We can kick ass and, and, Get views and do videos and live streams, and we can, you know, uh, have a little fun as well.
0: We know we know how to do this, Kevin. We've been doing this a little bit longer than you. You got to trust. You got to trust your elders at times. We love your enthusiasm. No, but Kevin really has been great, and what he's done for your channel, Larry, uh, it has been very impressive. Uh, what he's done for my channel in a short amount of time is is just as impressive. I mean, there's no way that I would be sitting at you know, nearly seventeen thousand subscribers. We're at better than sixteen point seven this morning. And Kevin, since November, has has put thousands of subscribers onto my channel through the incredible videos and mashups and the, the content Yeah, creating. Um, you know those the 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 shorts on YouTube are just little like snacks. They're like little amuse-bouches you hand out at the party. It doesn't, it doesn't fill anybody up, but it brings a lot of people to your channel. And an awful lot of people have discovered my channel through the content that Kevin has created. So he's done a great job and he absolutely uh, deserves to be coming on this trip. I'm glad that he's coming on this trip because he's worked his fanny off uh, for both of us. All year long, and he's done an incredible job. So let's have a really look at this really, really good time.
1: Eric Hernandez, Mrs. Kruger is going to be very mad if something happens to Kevin. Very mad. Are you? That doesn't even. She she'll be a she, the volcan volcanic temper of my wife will bubble to the surface. If anything
0: happens, something, what's the, something, what, what is the, what what is the, something that happened to Kevin?
1: I don't know if, but you know, that's, that's always, always, that's that's the other part. It's like, we don't get that list. It's like we, you know, that's like for her to decide later. And your wife has weighed in. Says Kevin is the MVP of whatever this is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No doubt.
1: Here we go. Here's good advice. 49er sports talk, drink, hydrate, drink, hydrate, eat, hydrate drink hydrate
0: <laughs> there you go and mix in a pace car again it, it should look las vegas should have you should have a little fuzzy around the edges buzz about you you know from the moment you wake up from the moment you go to bed like i i'm gonna tell you right now las vegas is the only place in the world where my first drink of the day is a white russian really are you I, a white russian you're going to go I think you're going bloody mary with the tomato juice. No, I do white russians. In Las Vegas and Las Vegas only.
1: I've heard um, that. Yeah, it it's, it's um I go uh, I go Stoli greyhounds early. Okay. You know, a little grapefruit juice. A What's little grapefruit good? juice with uh, a little vodka.
0: You want a little you want a little little beer buzz as you go about through your entire day, but the key is to every like every third drink mix in a water. Just one water. Just shoot a water like it's a like it's a just 8 ounces of water, 12
1: ounces of water. <laughs> Mixing that pace car, it keeps you going. Google is Larry Kruger here, coming to you live from the gutter with a little 49er video.
0: <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> We're here for Pig and the Pickle. It's the two of us laying in a ditch somewhere.
1: <laughs> Third string all pro. Kevin went to Vegas as a boy. He came back as a man. Oh
0: no oh no it this way Kevin went to Las Vegas with a girlfriend. he came home without one.
1: What sport ers sports talk what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas except herpes that comes oh from man um, yeah but we're gonna try to produce a million views this week and it's gonna be incredible um and we're off to a rousing start because we got 1300 plus people in the room and let me tell you all tonight. Um, at six o'clock, there'll be a very, very special guest stopping by the Krug Show. Um, do I do I dare say it? I believe tonight at six, the great Steve Young will stop by. Ooh. So look for that later on tonight. I gave Steve just played the ATT. I want to talk to him about Brock Purdy. So we're gonna get Super Bowl week off to a rousing start with Mr. Young at six tonight. How about
0: that? He is he's not Steve Young, but he is certainly the man when it comes to mornings in Kansas City. Bob Fesco is going to be joining me to go behind enemy lines and talk a little bit more about the Chiefs, what makes them tick coming up at eleven o'clock today. Larry, I'm flying in. What, Wednesday morning, you and Kevin are arriving in Las Vegas? At at, at what time on Wednesday? Is that the plan? You show up Wednesday afternoon, evening? No, no,
1: we'll be there Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, we will be in Las Vegas. Uh, 49ers will be at the Niner media availability at uh, 4 o'clock on Wednesday. But we plan on hitting Vegas early morning on Wednesday and uh, taking it from there, man. I like it.
0: I like it an awful lot, man. It's going to be a great time. Any more uh, Super Chats that we need to get to here?
1: We do. We do. Uh, let's, let's see get him let's here. Get him get him uh... <laughs> let's see. Where do we finish the last one? <laughs>
0: NorCal Refrigeration HVAC. Who's going to say we need some blow first, Damon or Larry? Look at it this way. Pre-stroke Damon would have said that out loud, but not post-stroke Damon, no more El Coco Loco, none. No, we don't do that
1: uh yeah that's not my g- that, not my game jd said if kyle forgets about debo like he did in the super bowl okay i think we got that yeah, we got did we get this one steven c the raiders beat the chiefs with jimmy doing his best throwaway the game yeah. yes we, we got, got that one cryptic key to number six don't let mahomes get to that that's the last one okay here we go we got some new ones here carson taylor what do you think the warriors need to do larry um, not piss away Steph Curry's 60 point efforts. Yeah. I mean, I would say trade CP, uh, CP three, um, Chris Paul, and I would trade Clay Thompson, but, uh, that's just me. Um, I would definitely try to make a move or two before the deadline, shake By it up way, a little bit.
0: It's, it's going to be hard to trade clay for anything. I, look. I'm, we've been denying what we've, no one's been wanting to say this, right?
1: But somebody might give you somebody who's equally unimpressive that you might think is got something more. I mean, what are you going to get for clay? You're going to get an expensive player that has flaws that his team wants to get out from underneath the deal. I'll give you an example. What would you think of a, of a deal involving Ben Simmons? Would you take Ben Simmons? Because you could make, you could probably make a deal with Brooklyn if, uh, you know, cause they, they got big money tied to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is, is broken. Um, he is, but he's also, thing. he's also young and he's dynamic. So you he want me pump, to replace a guy who can flat out shoot with a guy oh, who can't
0: I, shoot? Well, that's the thing, but, but can clay flat out shoot anymore? And that's a legitimate question. I mean, he is, there's a massive fork sticking out of clay Thompson's back. I just, right. I, See, I
1: nobody's going to take him Damon for his ability. They're only going to take him for his expiring. The fact that he's a $43 million expiring, that's what the value of clay is. Now, maybe the warriors want that. Maybe Joe wants to get underneath the, you know, the second apron or whatever the hell they call it in the NBA and have, you know, that's possible, very possible. But, um, I would say that's the kind of move where you're going to trade clay to somebody for a flawed player. Who's got multiple years ahead, uh, on their contract. So it's going to be a gamble. I mean, and, and I don't know what the answer is, but I would consider doing that. He just God, he was terrible, terrible this weekend. Clay oh, was he, 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 you know, his struggles are bringing the team down at this point. Right. Uh, bomber 78 says guys, what are your score predictions? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I'll, I'll probably move it around as the week goes on, but I like the Niners to win this game. Um, the Chiefs. The, the key number is 21 points. They don't give up a lot of points, um, period. When they score 21, they win. So that's really it. Kansas City, when they get to, they're 10-0 when they score 21. So I'll say the Niners win 31-20. So a
0: win and a cover in an easy breezy afternoon. I mean, that's an 11 point win in a Super
1: Bowl. That's an easy breezy afternoon. Well, it doesn't have to be, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? I think third, I think the Niners under, under Purdy score 30 a game. And I think the chiefs win all the time when they score 21 or more. So I'll give them 20. And I think the Ford Niners get the win 31, 20.
0: I think the 49ers get to win. I still got to think more about the prediction. You know, 31-28 is the number I hear coming in an awful lot. Uh, the Jake Moody game-winning field goal, oh, my God, that would just be the exclamation point on the win if that were to happen. Um, favorites are 8-13 and against the spread in the last 23 Super Bowls. The over is hit in 10 of 17 Super Bowls, with the total being under 50 points since 1990. This is the first Super Bowl since 2015 with an over-under of less than 48 points. So every th- people think that this is going to be more of a defensive game then uh, watch, watch watch offenses explode in a people think it might be a defensive football game. And if offenses are exploding, 49ers offense should explode a little more.
1: Remember this, Kansas City is 23rd in the NFL in giveaways. They've given the ball away 23 times this year, and they ranked 23rd in the NFL in that category. They also led the NFL in the most drop passes. If you can force them to put the ball in the air and cover Kelsey, I think you can get turnovers, and I think you can get drops, and I think you can beat them. If they can play the game they want to play, which is run the ball behind their three interior linemen with Pacheco, get to third and short and run Mahomes, beat you on a couple of pass plays and their defense, that's the way they want to win. But if you can get a lead on them and the Niners haven't gotten a lead yet in this playoffs, if they can get a lead in these playoffs, put a little pressure on Mahomes uh, off the edges and make Mahomes throw it to Rasheed Rice and MVS and more than he wants to throw it, Um, I, I think 49 can get the win. I really How about do.
0: this this is this is the bad omen here's what I don't like sharing with you teams like San Francisco have reached the Super Bowl without covering either playoff game en route to the Super Bowl are one in five straight up and against the spread in the Super Bowl since 2000. only the 09 Saints over the Colts were the last team to be unimpressive en route to a Super Bowl and then win it so
1: yeah, and um, they needed a trick play to steal a possession in that game, by the way. The Saints yeah. did. RG oh, says if our run. if our run D shows up, we win. It takes away play action and puts them behind the sticks. And Lawless Light says MVP pick. Uh I'm gonna go with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's twenty and five with the Niners. They're scoring thirty a game with Brock. He's a top five player when pressured, when not pressured, versus man, when blitzed, when not blitzed. Um, you know, in the fourth quarter, in the red zone, uh, in the pocket, on throws outside the numbers. Brock Purdy's had an incredible year. I'm going to say Brock Purdy.
0: Just to be different, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey because to me, he is, I think, a candidate for the type of workload that gets the consideration for MVP hoisted upon the running back instead of the quarterback. I could see Brock being the guy who punches in that touchdown after – um, you know, McC- McCaffrey's a touchdown machine, and if anyone comes out of this Super Bowl with multiple scored touchdowns, maybe two, three for Christian McCaffrey, that sounds like enough to possibly take home an MVP. So, um, it's easy to say either quarterback would be first up to bat. Beyond that, Brock Purdy. After that, I'd be looking for maybe Debo, Debo, or George Kittle to play spoiler and walk away with a huge game and the accolade that is Super Bowl winning. MVP.
1: Postman and oh. Capitola says, "Win or lose, is Steve Wilkes the DC next year? Win, that means he probably shut down Mahomes, and I say yes. Lose, and I say no. He'll be—I don't want to say he'll be scapegoated, but somebody will take the blame, and they'll have to make some big move, and it'll probably be him.
0: Again, who's the replacement?" I don't want to talk about how Steve Wilkes has got to go until you tell me who's coming, who's the right replacement. If you find the right replacement, here's the thing. If you think you can get better this off season by hiring someone else, win, lose, or draw, you make that higher, right? I mean, that's, there's no such thing as staying the same in sports. You're either getting better or worse at all times. So, um, I, I like Steve Wilkes. I think he's been a convenient whipping post for an awful lot of the complaints that that 49er fans have had. I think Talanoa Hufanga's absence has probably done more to hurt this defense than Steve Wilkes has. Um, but we'll see. And here's the deal: it's 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 not time to be asking any postseason questions. We'll get to that. We'll we'll have that. Next Monday, how about this? Next Monday. Will be the right show to start talking about what postseason options could be available for the 49ers. But this Monday, it's all about focusing on what's ahead this Sunday. And that is Super Bowl 58 live from Las Vegas. And Larry, I know you got to run. I know
2: you got some TV. You know, so you I go do have rest? to jet. I'm doing a TV hit with a good friend in Miami. You know, I'm here in Jacksonville with Trayvon Walker. Uh, and the boys, and I'll, I'm gonna tell Coach that you said hi, Damon. I'm I'm gonna go tell Peterson, hey man, Damon says go with a hat and get rid of the visor. You know, and I'm gonna tell him that. I'm gonna tell he Damon will ask a tough question. You know, he asked me about Christmas dish side dishes once, and I I didn't want to answer. You know what I mean, Damon? Well, I tell you right now, Trent. Let's
0: get our facts straight. That was a question about Thanksgiving, not the, not Christmas. So get your get your holidays correct if you're going to criticize my partner here, Damon. Because Tommy wouldn't tolerate it, and certainly Tate wouldn't tolerate it. And we don't have any room in the Miata for your bullshit. So we're not going to do
2: that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You <laughs> there, there, there goes Trent. He's always talking holidays, and I should say this in, in advance of me taking vacation now on February the fifth for the rest of the year. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, uh, whatever it is that you celebrate. God bless you, for me, for today, Tommy.
0: Day, I might take this to January fifteenth. I don't
1: know. <laughs> All I gotta say, I got one last thing to say: is Go Sharks, Go Sharks. <laughs> We'll be
0: back Friday with wake up from Las Vegas and a whole bunch of Damon and Larry coming to you either together or on our own channels. Uh, Lean in this week, watch as much as you can. Thank you for supporting everything we do. And it was great having you here today. Let's go get it. Let's go get a Super Bowl, Larry, and bring it back to the city. See what happens.
2: You know, I told Jed, we need that six Lombardi. And Jimmy and I, Coach and I, couldn't get it done against the damn Ravens. I said, let's run Frank Gore. Jimmy said, no, I'd rather hand it to LaMichael James. So, you know, once once again, when things go wrong, I never blame myself for drafting a Michael James I blame coach for using a Michael James <laughs>